Good day. Welcome back to Don't Look For Me. I'm your host, Callie Dowd. Um, It's been a while. I've been on sabbatical. I think that might just be like a preacher, priest kind of thing that they do, but I am also claiming that I do it. So, I was on sabbatical. Um, I was just, technically I was only on spring break, but like, you know, I was taking a break from you guys and like, you know, talking into this microphone. It's a lot of work, so I needed a break. Um, four episodes in, the series has, I mean, I just want to thank the fans. Like, tens of people are watching and I have a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure with this. Um, I honestly originally just did it so my mom could hear and my brother could hear what I was doing. Um, without me, like, repeating the story over and over again, I could just, like, send them a link and be like, listen, you know, so I don't have to actually communicate with you. Um, but now, like, people are, you guys are listening and that's great, so keep doing that. Um, yeah, it's just me, this is a solo episode today, but actually everybody is gone right now, um, from campus because the school is closed for two weeks because of the coronavirus. Seal the... How do you say the... C-O-V-I-D-19. Yeah, that virus <laughs> um, can suck my big toe because it is really ruining mostly everything. And you guys, like, I don't... I don't want to be a spoiled brat here because I can be grateful that I don't have it, but all my classes are online, which if you know me at all, you know that I can't pay attention to anything. So today was my first interaction with these online classes and I um, had to go to the student center to do them because I can't sit in my bed and like pay attention. Like I'm going to fall asleep. I'm going to be watching Netflix. I'm going to be, you know, watering my plant. Yeah. So I had to go there and um, I started like putting Instagram filters on my professor and like trolling him in the comments like asking if he watched Shrek before and he got off topic. It was a film course so at least I was like a little bit on on track but we were I hope I don't have the coronavirus. I got back from spring break yesterday and they made me come downstairs in the dorm residence halls and they took this like weird gun fever thing and scanned my forehead really fast and then he was just like you are good and then I went upstairs and went to sleep so So, um, we also had to like fill out like this list of where we had been over spring break and um, I went to the Netherlands I went to Amsterdam in the Netherlands and then I also went to Belgium took Um, a big blow to my bank account I will be broke when I return to the states Mark my words, if Chili's does not hire me, I I will sue, okay? I need a job and I need one there, specifically Chili's. So if you're listening, if you are a representative of Chili's, the franchise, the chain restaurant in the U.S., and you're listening to this, or if you just are a blue-collar worker of the Chili's industry, please uh, somehow get me involved, okay, in your what you do. Because I'm going to need money when I return and I would like it to be Chili's money. Um, yeah, I'm a little bit jittery. I um, I poured oregano in my coffee this morning. It wasn't 
like I'll walk into the cafe and the people have like a bunch of arrays of like cinnamons and sugars and stuff on the on the desk or whatever the countertop and today I think I poured something in it that was like a cooking seasoning or something and it had a kick to it but I I felt weird all day I felt a a little off So so I haven't really talked to you guys in a while I think the I can start off with the experience of a lifetime um last Saturday I went on a I accidentally hiked 20 miles and that I'm not saying that to like to like flex on you you know I I didn't it's not that I'm like so athletic that I was just walking and forgot I was walking for 20 miles. Like I definitely knew what was going on and knew what I agreed to, but there's this hiking club here at the school. There's a very heavy flow of Russians in the hiking club and I joined just to go this Saturday because I didn't want to plan something. I just wanted to go outside, you know. I wanted to be with a group didn't want to go by myself because sometimes when I go by myself I just like go up and find random trees to pee on which I I maybe shouldn't tell the public that but like I really just love peeing in the woods and when I'm alone like that's the main activity you know that's like the the end goal is to find the best place to take a waz um but here with my hiking crew with the Russian hiking crew you know I couldn't do that. So, I already knew that was going to be a downside of this trip, but I didn't know it was going to be 20 fucking miles. And it was. It was that long. And um, we really didn't hike. We just walked on the side of the Bulgarian highway. Um, and nobody was wearing hiking shoes. I, don't, I probably sound like a prick right now. You know, like, nobody was wearing hiking shoes. Like, nobody was prepared. I come from East Tennessee, okay? Like, we know how to hike. We know how to wear sturdy walking shoes when we're going somewhere. But they called it a day hike. And 20 miles is not a day hike, my dudes. That is a backpacking trip. <laughs> for For, like, 20 miles, you know, you could split that up over a weekend and just, like, gallivant around. But no, if you're pressed for time doing it in a day, you're running. It's not a hike anymore. It is a run. A 20-mile run in your hiking boots. So, these kids, they're kids because I, I know they're kids because they were throwing rocks at each other when we finally got to the lake. And me and my roommate Larissa, we felt like the moms... That were just like sitting off to the side of like a middle school like dance or whatever. And just watching them throw rocks at each other and stacking them. And yeah, they were playing like um, middle school dance music too. Like outside, middle of the day, blasting um, Your Love Is My Drug and like Jason Derulo songs. We had some uh, Tayo Cruz up in this bitch. It was very, very odd. Um, but finally we got to go back after we ate lunch for 30 minutes. We we spent like 10 miles walking there. Sat and ate lunch at this like body of water. It wasn't that magnificent. I, I don't want to... I sound like such an ungrateful asshole. But like if you had seen... the, It looked kind of man-made to me. I don't know. I'm not a man-made lake kind of gal. I, so we started walking back and this girl was like, oh, I can't. 
she said this in Russian, but I figured out what she was saying a little later on. She was like, I can't walk. My shoes are, you know, hurting my feet. She was wearing fucking Timberlands or something, like from Forever 21, not even the real Timberlands. So, I don't know. I, I don't know if Timberlands are, like, good walking shoes, but these weren't. And she sat down at this restaurant, and they were all, like, trying to tell her that she could keep going. I was like, there's no way we're going to make it before the sun goes down if these people start stop every 10 minutes and so me and larissa and this little um little guy named james he's my friend and um this other little guy i'm saying little guy because like they're about our age but they are very significantly shorter than us um the other dude's name was uno and we were all like okay we're gonna leave so we left the russians and this is the image that I want you guys to have when you picture this. Um, me, a tall, lanky, white woman. Um, Larissa, also a fairly tall, white woman. American. Walking down the Bulgarian highway with James, a Vietnamese boy, and Uno, a Mongolian boy. So, the combination of people walking aimlessly through the streets of Bulgaria is just something that I to this day find so comedic and um I don't know I just want you guys to have a mental image of that it took us about three and a half hours to get back yeah but the next day we left for um spring break and we spent it like I said in Amsterdam most of the time we got on um the, the train and we started going towards Sofia which is the capital where we fly out um to go visit places and we're staying in this Airbnb and I like booked it last minute because it was $11 <laughs> literally $11 a night like you can't beat that and I looked at the picture and it looked like a bed you know in a room with a lamp and I was like that's perfect that's just what I need is a bed and a lamp for $11 and I knew I was just gonna be staying there for one night so I was like no big deal you know me and Larissa are gonna be fine so we show up to Sophia with our suitcase just like walking around the city square and we text the Airbnb host and she's like oh I'm here to greet you and I was like no you're not like where are you and she saw us from her balcony and she was like I'm here at the place and I was like how the nut were we supposed to know where the place was but it's cool you know she comes down like a little pixie woman and she's got a cigarette hanging out of her mouth and she's like oh welcome you know let me unlock the gate for you and she brings us upstairs and first impressions the key is being held by a pringles can an empty pringles can dangling from a string outside the door that's where she keeps the key i don't know why that's supposed to be a, like a safe place but Maybe nobody's hand can fit all the way down into the P Pringles can. I, I don't know. Mine could, so I'm sure other countless other people's hands could shove down into the hole. But we walk up the stairs and it smells like um, just like straight horse shit. Like it's just so gross. And I looked at Larissa and I was like, I'm so sorry. Like I did not know the aroma. Like nobody told me about this aroma. They don't put that on Airbnb, you know? They don't put, like, smells like shit. Because I feel like that would hurt the host's feelings. And they, But also, you know, maybe they should 
know that their place smells like that. So, um, yeah, nobody told me. So I just walked up the stairs and, like, immediately it starts smelling like incense. And I'm like, okay, this should be better. This should be better. She walks in, kisses the Buddha head, um, acknowledges this large painting of an old person that looks like some kind of a warlock witch type dude person lady. I don't even know what gender it was. I know we're in 2020, but I'd like to tell you the gender. I just simply can't. Um, we enter the room. All looks well. She leads us out to the balcony where she once was smoking with a cryptic old man who we never saw again. He was on our balcony when we looked up and then we got up there and he was gone and I did not see him ever again. So I think he may have been a ghost, maybe of her father. I don't know. I I just don't know. But she told us she planted flowers for us and, um, that was super sweet. That was super chill of her. She said that we were fairies and fairies deserve flowers. And I was like, dude, thank you. Like, that's so kind. Um, I am a fairy and I wanted flowers and you knew that. Um, so that was one really great thing about the Airbnb, but then she left and I sat on the bed and it was a park bench it genuinely felt like I was sleeping outside. I'm not exaggerating. And we slept on that that night. And the last three digits of the Wi-Fi password were 666. And there was a red light out in the hallway that illuminated the whole area outside of our room. And made it look like Satan's den. And I just... I don't know where my $11 went that night. But I just want to say that like I did escape some kind of evil spirit. And I am telling you this because I am a survivor. And I... I don't know. Like I have never felt that fear before. And it rose in me like a... Like a dragon. Like the dragon off Shrek. I don't know. I just... I really feel like I overcame something. And I just wanted to let you know. Um... Yeah, but we... um Eventually... We had to wake up at 3am. We flew to... Amsterdam. Well, we flew... Yeah, we flew into Belgium originally. Which is where we ended up staying at the end of the trip. I'll get into that in a little bit. But basically... We we didn't really have a lot of our transportation mapped out other than the plane ride. So we get into Belgium and we're like, all right, now what? You know, how do we get four hours across the border to Amsterdam? So we take this bus to Brussels. Brussels is this big city that we had never before experienced, um, let alone the country that it was located in also never experienced we get in there and we just start walking around in the rain in our suitcase and we start like kind of panicking because we don't know where this bus station is that we have to get on this flicks bus to get all the way to amsterdam so long story short we find this man in a travel agency, he calls us a cab. We ride the cab to the Flix bus, get there with about seven minutes to spare. Um, all the time, like we were asking people for help, and they'd be like, Oh, 
you want to get on metro like you go downstairs and then go under street and then go up the street such great directions you know and so we finally made it somehow with with the luck of the irish i'll say um we weren't in ireland but i feel like they were there the way that we got there was yes anxiety ridden but we finally got to Amsterdam and had to figure out how to get to the outer city which we were staying in um, called Zondam and Zondam is like a very it's not as um, what's the word I'm looking for youthful as Amsterdam is and so Zondam was very nice we're staying in this uh, quote dyke home which I think that might be the reason why I chose it on an- on Airbnb was because it was like advertised as its old dyke home and I never stayed in a dyke's home before so I was like why not you know I'll go hang out with a dyke I guess and then um I get there and it's just this man named Wilhelm and Wilhelm is a father of a young girl named Anna who is 10 years old she doesn't speak English so I could not become her friend but her room was right next to our room and we were staying there for like four nights so I didn't even get to like play Barbies with this kid. I didn't get to like chill, hang out, color, none of that, you know. And, and the dad, he, I thought he was going to be a really chill dude to talk to. I hope he never listens to this because he really was a kind man. He was a good host, you know, but he advertised on his Airbnb that he was going to be, you know, making me breakfast. So I just expected him to be doing what he said. And alas there was none. And so, if I were to write him an Airbnb review, it would be, where's the breakfast, Wilhelm? And why weren't you a dyke? You know, that's all I wanted. That's all I expected. And maybe for him to lend us his bikes. Wilhelm's stairs were like, it was like a ladder. It was like climbing a literal ladder to get up there. And I think that's another thing, another misconception of his advertisement for his Airbnb was like, there are stairs, like, normally people will be like, oh, you mustn't be able to climb stairs if there are some in the home. And he put that, but he didn't say also must be normal weight, like, pretty athletic to get up to your room, like essentially if you're fat like don't come to my dyke house we spent a whole day in zondam which was where we stayed like i said if you weren't listening um and then we took a train to um, amsterdam the other days and amsterdam is a weird place i think it's overhyped to be honest and i don't want you guys to be like oh i'm not gonna go and then because it's definitely worth worth visiting um if you want to go and if you love the Gange, definitely it's the place. I don't know. It just—it was just a weird experience because they all seemed to be there for that. Like you'd walk past um, touristy shops and they'd just be selling edibles as souvenirs. And um, in my mind, I guess like edibles aren't souvenirs because they'll be gone. Like once you consume them. Anyway point being there were a lot of high people and it was it was pretty funny um yeah there was a really good cheesecake i went to this place called avocado show because i was really in the mood for an avi and 
I don't know. I, I googled like places to get avocado toast and that sounds like the whitest shit that you've ever heard and I'm sorry. Um, but I really just wanted some bread with avi on it and for some reason Bulgaria doesn't offer that for me. That's not one of their amenities. So I went to Western Europe in search of an avocado and I found an entire place dedicated to it and it was awesome. Um, it really fulfilled my need, my urge, but it was like, I felt like I was in the middle of an Instagram ad the entire time I was eating and it was really like painful to experience all those women like chewing while hashtagging and like, I literally got up to go to the bathroom before my food came and come back I'm sitting, I'm sitting underneath the main wall that has, like, the logo of the place. It was just very aesthetic for an Instagram, an Instagram blogger person. Um, and so I go to the bathroom, come back, my food is on the table, it's the first thing I notice, of course. Then I notice my, um, friend Larry's face, uh, and she looks at me with wide eyes, kind of judgmental, and I was like, what? I was only in there for, like, five minutes. Like, it wasn't. And then I look over what she's referring to, and there's a, like, very put-together woman wearing, like, a fur coat, very straightened hair. It looked like she took some kind of, like, military-grade flat iron to it. Sitting in my seat... Um, she's taking a picture of her in front of the sign, so that's why she was in my seat. But, um, still not okay. <laughs> I stood over her and I was just like, hey, you know, like, get up. My food's here. I'm trying to eat, you know. I know you're here for a different purpose, but get up. Because I really want to shovel this into my mouth and get out of here. The girls next to me were like, can we smoke in here? And the waiter, who was very hot, by the way, very attractive man. Um, just thought I'd throw that in there. And he was like, no. <laughs> and she was like, well, can I smoke out fine? And he was like, I mean, yeah, it's like outside. And she was like, can I smoke a joint? And he was like, no. Like, no, I have to say no, first of all. Um, because, like, what kind of question is that? Why do you, she was paying for her food, about to exit the establishment and she asked the waiter if she could smoke a joint outside of the establishment like I don't know if she wanted a picture with her joint in the sign or what but it was just all such a um, disgusting experience that it almost almost I'm saying almost ruined the food but it didn't Somehow it didn't. Because food is good, and avocados are good, and um, I'm not going to tell you what I paid for it either, because, oh, you would judge me. Um, normally, I'm the kind of girl who goes to Chili's with multiple people only so that I can split the, like, two-person meal. Like, if I could go by myself and get that kind of steal, I would. But, like, it just makes sense to go someone else so that you can, like, mooch off of them with the two-person deal kind of thing. Um, that's who I am. Yeah, we, we saw the Anne Frank house. Amsterdam is, um, if you didn't know, um, it's where Anne Frank's hiding spot was. And, um, the family, like, took, like, lived in the attic. You know, that's where it was located. And we went and, um, I really wanted to go inside because I, you know, was there. And it was, it's such a historical place, such a cool 
thing to get to experience and I think they like show her letters inside and um I was told that like a lot of the belongings were originally found in in the original home like it's it's pretty restored but um I didn't get to go inside because the wait list was like the next available slot was in April so yeah that's just how many tourists Amsterdam attracts but we stood outside and looked at the door and this man like walked by and I heard him go yeah I don't know like I just think all this Anne Frank stuff is just like overrated and I was like I know what you're probably thinking. If you are listening at home, you're probably sitting there with your jaw dropped down to the ground. That is not something you say about Anne Frank, who... I I don't... I, I just... I don't... Who says that Anne Frank is overrated? That is not something you can or ever will say again on my watch. He was too fast. He walked away so I couldn't beat the shit out of him. But I would have. I just want my audience to know that I would have if I could have. But, I don't know. It just, like, that, hearing that, it was just, wow, first of all. Says in front of the house, even worse, you know, like, you're very much in context right now and you still found... The need to say that out loud? Okay. Cool. Um, I don't know. People are, people there were... I'm finding that a lot of times when I go into big cities, um, especially in Western Europe, people are very inconsiderate. And people don't really give a shit about anyone else but themselves. And that is... That's sad. And I want... I'm telling you this because a lot of you aren't like that. And if you are, don't be it. Because the world needs more people that are just like, don't only care about themselves. And this world is kind of changing and it's 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 kind of shaping people to be very self-centered and very um, close-minded about things. And I don't like that. I'm really getting deep right now. Um, this is really deep. But I just want to open your ears and your mind and your hearts to the idea that don't suck is basically what I'm telling you. I've been talking for a while. I'm getting kind of tired. I'm actually standing up right now, which is not normally what I do when I record. Um, but I wanted to not fall asleep. So I chugged more coffee this time without oregano and I'm standing up. And I'm not wearing shoes. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I said earlier that Amsterdam is a bit overrated and I don't think I kind of explained that. And I'm not going to go too much in depth, but like everybody told me that it was going to be the weirdest place I've ever been. And they were like, oh, you're going to love it. Like, oh, Mary, jo- Mary Joanna, like all that fun stuff. And yes, it was weird. Please don't get me wrong. It was freaking weird. But it was almost just like I was in New York or something with cobblestone streets and people speaking Dutch and countless other languages that I didn't understand. Um, But other than that, like everybody also spoke English for the most part. So it just felt like I was in a big city in the US. Um, So I don't know. I think that I'm... 
What I'm trying to say is Eastern Europe, which is where I am now, Bulgaria, is a very, very different place than Western Europe. And I almost prefer it because it is very, you can just like also have the big city, but you can also have the mountains and the grass and the trees, dude, and the street dogs. Bulgaria is lit. There was no street dogs and no street cats in Amsterdam. I don't know what they do with them. I guess they like do the same thing the U.S. does with them and I don't want to be morbid but like you know what happens in those little rooms in I'm not getting into that I'm so sorry for making you cry but I'm just saying that there were no street dogs and I really just I think Amsterdam is dope in its own way but it's just like so overcrowded with uh tourists now it's kind of just almost better to go somewhere more remote especially with what's going on right now the coronavirus is going to consume us it's gonna eat us and we're gonna die um so don't go into crowded places and don't get it i'm gonna take a little short break i'm gonna insert a bulgarian ad and you're gonna have to try to transcribe it um figure out what it's talking about and i'm gonna come back and not tell you at all what they were saying so I'll be right back. So Tuk predstavia. Ostavam tuk, as ostavam tuk. Pusene živote steb. Tuk steb. Tuk. Vinegi vkusni, vinegi tuk. Um next stop was Belgium. And Belgium is where my friend Sylvain lives. Uh shout out to you Sylvain. You are a dope man who let us stay in your home with your parents and your sister. And um yeah, we showed up there in Brussels and it wasn't a dyke home. It was just a simple family home. It was very clean, very nice. They fed us very good food. It was great. They have two cats, very large. Forgot their names, but they're very large. And it was raining. It rains a lot in Belgium. But it's okay because it was very, all the grass was very lush and green. And the next day we like rode bikes around Belgium. It was very wholesome time. Yeah, but the it's funny. I, so all of you know, most of you know that I always be saying, come kiss me. Um, that's something that I always have said to make people uncomfortable. Um, I'll tell anyone and everyone to come kiss me. But when I walked up into Belgium... I did not tell any of them to kiss me and they all did. They all did because that's like their custom. Um, Sylvain's parents did not kiss me. Every time we would be introduced to someone I was just worried to meet them because I knew I would have to kiss them. And like the kissing is not what you think. Like we didn't have to touch lips together or anything like that. But it was like you had to smush your face against their face for a little real hot second and make like a kiss sound if you didn't make the kiss sound you weren't kissing them it was just like you shoving your face you might as well go all in is what i'm saying you can't just half-ass the kiss the belgian kiss you've gotta it's all or nothing i think is what i'm trying to say um so i walked in his parents like greeted us because they knew we were american they just like shook our hands and like hugged us and stuff and um but his sister she came right for me. She came directly at me. And Sylvain's face was just like bright red eyes. Like wide. He was terrified. And she just smashed her face against my face. And I was like cool. So I didn't make the kiss sound either. Because I was like kind of weirded out. And kind of like taken off guard that she did that. 
and he was like oh like americans don't kiss that's not like what they do she was like well we do that here so she just kissed me very passionately and um then she went for larry she found larry and she kissed her and you know that was the first experience i'd had with something like that and i wasn't weirded out after that because i met a bunch of sylvan's um beautiful belgian friends that were all men and they all kissed me as well so i wouldn't really complain about that um anymore i would if it was like people at the grocery store or something but it's kind of like a thing they do when they're just meeting someone for the first time it's not like your cash register person like not the person at the car wash like if you're getting your car washed you don't have to roll down your window and kiss them um so if you're going to belgium and you're worried about that like the kiss epidemic don't be um for some reason the coronavirus is not very violently populous in that area so i I don't really know what they're doing i guess they're just washing their faces really well after they kiss each person but i don't know italy take notes because Belgium is somehow getting by. Um, I don't want to jinx it either. So, I hope I'm not, like, foretelling some awful prophecy where they get the, the, the virus. But anyway, yeah, that, that was nice. Um, another thing I learned about the French is that they have a hard time saying, like, R sounds. So, like, hald. Like, that's what it sounds like when they try to speak in English. Like, hald. Um, it's very weird. It's very, sounds like they're gargling orange juice or something. I don't know why specifically that liquid. I don't know why I chose that, but I did. Um, another thing about them is that, like, the drunker they get, the harder it is for them to want to speak English to you, and the scarier it is for you, the later the night gets. That was a very ominous sentence, and I know that a lot of you are like, oh, Callie, like, what kind of situation did you get yourself into? It wasn't like that. I was fine. I I know how to protect myself. Um, I'm mainly saying that to my mom, but but I was um, with only one other girl, Larry. She's always the other girl in the situation. Um, She is my roommate and also my friend, so... For context, that's who Larry is. Um, her and I were there at this bar with all of these Belgian boys. And they had all previously kissed me, so I was having a great time. And we were playing cards, and the drunker they got after many a beer, um, the less they wanted to speak English, and the more they wanted to say, drink, 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 at me, which I didn't want to do at a certain point I was just like yeah I'm just like fine being very sober with all of you boys like just watching you you know and so I wasn't I wasn't like about to get drunk in the city that I had never I didn't know where I was I didn't have service I didn't I rode the bus with the boys they were the ones who located us and and navigated us to that location so I was very heavily reliant on these young men and they were forgetting to speak in my native tongue (laughs) okay and so they were just like laughing and playing cards and like speaking french at me and i was just like what guys like oh my god you're so crazy but like seriously what are you saying what are you saying guys um i think it's such a it's just such a 
privileged and um, uppity. I think I, I'm trying to find the word to use for what I feel like it is to expect people from different countries to always speak English because yeah, it's becoming a it's becoming a, a language across the world like that connects everyone. You know, it's the universal language. I don't know what the word is. I I think it's just very rude to expect people to all the time like accommodate to the fact that you can only speak one language you know so I don't know I wish I was bilingual I took Spanish but I didn't pay attention um yeah one of my teachers was really hot that year I did pay attention a little bit another one thing that I saw um one thing that I saw in Belgium was the mannequin piece which was like this little boy peeing um it's I didn't even know about it until I got to Brussels I (laughs) I think I might have seen pictures of it but like no I don't think about this on a daily basis of like one of the world wonders you know that everybody like travels from far and wide to see because it's literally a statue of a little boy with his penis out just and the fountain water is coming through his penis. He's literally peeing. It's called the mannequin piece. And it's right outside of a waffle shop. And, um, I don't know. I just felt like that really summed up. That was the specific moment that summed up Belgium for me. Was seeing that little dude just peeing. And people from all over, adults mostly, were taking selfies with it with their selfie sticks and I don't think I've ever seen that many selfie sticks especially in 2020 like it's not a new invention it's very um to have a selfie stick is is like to have a um flip phone you know it's very outdated you need to stop use your arm find a find a long person to take the picture you don't need to be jamming your pole with your phone on the end out and around people you know in crowded spaces it's not ideal use your arm please so that was a weird time to see that baby peeing and those people loving that I'm not gonna lie I loved it too I did shed a tear when I saw him walking down the cobblestone streets I looked up and saw it and I was just like this is heaven (laughs) you know this is heaven on earth yeah, well, the last night we went into this Belgian mall and we ran around it like children. It was empty because, I don't know, it was like 11 p.m. and it, for some reason it was still open. We were running around it playing hide and seek like little babies. And it was just like such a rom-com moment. It was, I was like with a hot French dude. I was just like running around this Belgian mall, hiding behind Belgian cars running down Belgian corridors, standing in Belgian crevices with this Belgian dude. It was just great, you know? Uh, The security guard, Belgian security guard, kicked us out, and that was the end of the trip. We flew home the next day. So that was my spring break. I'm going to take a quick little, quick little break-a-rooney. This next ad is um, also Bulgarian, and you won't know what it's saying. Кога за последно се видяхте с приятели и споделихте едни с други какво ви вълнува, какво ви кара да будувате, какво ви е разплакало от радост. Кога за последно се насладихте на едно ново начало и се убедихте, че промяната зарежда и то много. 
we got off the plane and then like walked through the rain to this I was trying to find this daytime cafe thing which was supposed to be really cheap and fast and then I didn't find it because this man yelled at me not to go through the gate and I didn't know what he was saying because it was in Bulgarian and I was just like oh god and finally we get to the train station because that's what we ended up doing we we cabbed to the train station which is very cheap to take the train um but the train left in like seven minutes like we got there with seven minutes to buy a ticket and then walk all the way down the um station the platform to the train itself and so just I, I think this man was my bulgarian angel because i got in the revolving door he jammed his body inside of the door like with me where i was walking so like he was in the same little hole that i was in in the revolving door and he was like speaking bulgarian to me but also some english and i was just like hey dude like get out of my vestibule and um he did once we reached the the inside of the building he separated himself from me and then he starts yelling at me he's like do you need help do you need help you ride train you ride train and i was like yes i ride train um but it's going to leave soon so i have to go buy my tickies and we were like going to the ticket booth and he starts rushing us he's like tugging at us kind of like not violently to where i was like you're gonna kill me but he was just like being real weird and like telling us to he like had a name badge on he was trying to help us and so he we followed him across this huge train station running running following him he's yelling in bulgarian he's telling us that he wants us to pay him for his help because he literally held the train for us so that he could buy us tickets we bought the tickets but he like told them in bulgarian what we wanted and and got the tickets and and he held the train for us and then he runs us up the escalator and to the train all the way down the platform he's screaming in bulgarian at these conductors like don't let them leave but in bulgarian and he then shoves us on the train and we sit in these Harry Potter-esque seats. And this woman with prune purple hair opens the door and she's like smiling at us. And it smells like goat shit. And it was just like such a strange alternate universe. The man's like waving at us outside counting the money we gave him for helping us. Like it was such a different experience from what we had just had in Belgium and Amsterdam because those places felt so much more like the U.S. and like just getting back here and being thrown into this world of people who don't speak like literally I'll, I'll close with this like I literally walked up the stairs to get into this building that I'm in right now I come through the door and this woman greets me and she's yelling at me the word laundry and I remembered earlier that I had we have to like we have to have our laundry done for us here we pay for it to be done but it's like very it's pretty cheap for what we're getting you know they're doing it and they're folding our clothes and then we pick it up um that's how it works so I really wish I could do it myself but alas I cannot so she walks she walks towards me and she's like yelling laundry and it's like nighttime right now and people are asleep in this building and I'm like, hey, like, I'm not here to pick up my laundry. I'm actually going somewhere else. And she's like, oh, 
laundry, laundry, laundry. And then she like looks at the residence hall person and he's like, uh, she wants to give you your laundry. And I had to explain to her over and over again, like what I was doing. It's just nothing is easy. And I think that's the fun part of being in, in a place that like isn't like Western Europe where it's like very different. You have to like, it's a challenge, you know, like I went to buy an avocado and it took me about 20 minutes to do because the, there were just pictures of produce on the screen and I had to like pick which one looked the most like avocado because I couldn't read the word because it don't speak Bulgarian. So I can't do anything very simply and it's uh, kind of hilarious. So again, again, I would really like it if you guys could write me hate mail. My email is dowdcally at gmail.com. If you don't know how to spell my name, look at the podcast that you're listening to because it's written on it. Just, just like put my last name before my first name. It's literally it. Okay. It's not hard, people. It's not. So please do that. Please follow the Instagram. Don't look for me pod. That's where I update you on who's going to be a guest on the podcast and when I'm uploading and all that junk i should go because i've been standing for a long time i hope you guys are picturing me standing right here talking to you because that's what i'm doing um enjoy your day drink some juice make sure it's welch's i never know how to do this bye i guess i don't know see you later